So the foundational verse that we're looking at is Galatians 5.1, which says it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. I don't know where you are in terms of how life is for you at the moment. Are you a Christian who's doing great and you're sort of growing in your sense of freedom with God? Or you may be a Christian who uh, has an active faith but is kind of hindered by stuff that may have gone on in the past or in your current day circumstances. And when you hear that verse or read it, you think, well, that isn't really for me. Or I must be doing something wrong because I'm not experiencing that. Or you may be someone who's looking and exploring the Christian faith. And you may be interested in finding more about God. But you really relate Christianity to a load of rules rather than freedom. Wherever you are in your journey at the moment, I hope there's something in this talk which is all about freedom that will help you. And when we think about freedom, our world seems to have a bit of distorted view about what freedom actually is. I went to the auto bank recently in Hagley and in Netherton, so don't just say this was on the screen. It said cash is freedom, cash is social, and cash is control. Has anybody else seen that message on the auto bank? It, mm, darling, it must be in Hagley then. Okay, <laughs> it just must be for us. Okay, so this would suggest that freedom is something that you can get hold of through money, having enough money. But I think that we can all see that we can be materially wealthy or have enough money, but still not feel free. So, trip. And what impacted him the most was that he saw some Kenyans with absolutely nothing. They were living in the slums, they were dirt poor, and they had nothing. But he came back and said this that these people had more contentment and more freedom than he had found that we have here. So what do you think people across the world actually think about Freeman? Oh, sorry, actually, about <laughs> so Morgan Freeman is the guy who's going to be introducing the clip, and I just went on ahead a bit then. So what do you think about, <laughs> what do you think in the world, um, how do people define freedom? Okay, so this clip introduced by Morgan Freeman, is going to give you some definitions and just get the theme here. So there are lots of different ideas there. So freedom was going to the beach. Freedom was having a pint of beer after work. But one thing, a theme really that came out was that freedom is about being able to say and do what you want and be what you want as long as it doesn't harm another person. And this really ties in with the dictionary definition of freedom. So the noun freedom means the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants. In fact, we have the freedom of choice. It's the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved, and it is the state of not being subject to or affected by something undesirable. So when we think about freedom, I think we can sort of think it's got sort of two flavors to from work, pain, time restraints, stuff like that. Freedom for holiday, pleasure, doing what you want. But freedom really isn't a neutral concept, is it? We instinctively know it's really tied very closely to who we are as people. It's so important that people have given their lives for it in, their pa in the past and are doing so today. Matt and I uh, recently were walking over Dartmoor and we came across a monument that had re was remembering World War II. A plane came down in the channel. And what struck me was the inscription. It said on this monument, they died to maintain our freedom. So when our freedom is threatened, we instinctively know it's something worth fighting for. 
And in this next clip of Braveheart, we see William Wallace calling the Scottish soldiers to fight for freedom. So there's something about freedom that is so instinctive to us as human beings, and it's something that we would fight for. But I wonder what our experience of freedom is in our lives today. Do you question how you can live in the freedom that God has promised when things in life are really not going as you want them to? For example, when you're waiting for a healing, you feel that God has promised you some healing in an area of your life, but you're not seeing it yet. When you feel that God has promised to bring you into something in your life, but you're still not seeing that fruition. Or when you feel that life is so pressured and you feel that you can't keep up with everyone's demands. When people you love are making choices that you know are not good for them. When you are trapped in ways of behaving that you know are not good for you. Or, alternatively, you may be in the place where you've actually gained a lot of the stuff that you thought would bring you freedom. You might have a bit of time on your hands or a lot of time on your hands. You may have a bit of money or a lot of money, but you find that this hasn't actually brought you to the freedom that you thought it would. So what has Jesus actually, what's Jesus done to bring us freedom? What has he done to sort out this problem of freedom for us? The Bible makes it really clear that Jesus brought us freedom, and we go back to our foundational verse. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And then in another verse, in John 8, 36, the Bible says, So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Jesus' death on the cross brought us freedom. He sacrificed everything so that we could experience freedom. And that freedom from that freedom was from separation from God because of sin. And sin is anything where we miss the mark, and we've all done that. And this leads to freedom from the broken relationship with the Father. He mended that relationship. And that leads us, that leads us to be good enough when we know how much our Heavenly Father loves us. And then, finally, he leads us from freedom of fear of death because we know that we have hope in eternal life. And all this is only possible because of his sacrifice and because of his death for us. God felt our freedom was so important that it was worth the life of his son. We can know this in our heads, can't we? We would agree to this by faith. Our lives, I think we need not to look at external circumstances, but to our inner life. And I'm going to talk about that inner life as the soul and actually soul freedom. You see, I don't think God's promise of freedom relates to external circumstances, but freedom because of who Jesus is and the difference that knowing him makes. And although we don't often talk about that part of us that we call the soul, I think we can see the effects of issues in the soul or that inner part of us when we look around in people's lives. For example, we can see the rise of mental illness in society. We can see people being isolated from others. We can see people being disconnected from groups within society. We can see disconnection from God. And as Christians, we can know faith. We can have an active faith, a walk with God. But still, we can have issues in our soul that keeps us from experiencing the freedom that the Bible talks about. So let's look at what the Bible calls our soul or our inner life. The Bible makes it clear that our inner life is the soul. In 3 John, John says, Dear friends, I pray that you may 
Enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is going along. So the health and how things are going are really tied into the health and the well-being of your soul. Then in Mark 8:37, Jesus says, what good would it do to get everything you want and lose you? The real... This, is a, this quote uh, is a great quote by Dallas Willard. He's a current Christian thinker and writer, and I think this really explains what the soul is all about. Dallas Willard says this, what is running your life at any given moment is your soul. It's not external circumstances, not your thoughts, not your intentions, not even your feelings, but it is your soul. The soul is that aspect of your whole being that correlates, integrates, and enlivens everything going on in the various dimensions of the self. The soul is the center of human beings. This has become really important to me personally about the soul and connecting with God and freedom. My mum died three years ago from mental illness. She actually died of depression. And it was a hideous journey that I would never have believed unless I walked with mum through it. I started out life as a nurse before I was a teacher. And the experience of walking with mum through depression in this way was way beyond anything I'd experienced as a nurse. During that time, my world really did fall apart. But what kept me going was my inner life or soul connecting to God in that inner place. And it was way beyond my emotions because my emotions were everywhere. It was way beyond my thoughts or my will. My soul finds found strength and even freedom to trust in God and his control of that situation. And I would never want anyone to go through what we did as a family. And I know that there's many people here who have gone through uh, really difficult circumstances. But there are lessons that I have learned through this that I would not trade for the world actually now and have shaped me as a person. So if I can pass on some understanding of how connecting to God through your soul and knowing his freedom any, when things are really tough, I would love to do that. And another story that really shows how people can have freedom in their soul even when things are dire is the story of Horatio Spafford. Has anyone heard of that today? So I really want to tell it again today. So in 1871, Horatio Spafford was a successful lawyer and a church elder, and his wife, Anna, lived comfortably with their four young daughters in Chicago. Scarlet Fever had, in 1873, Spafford decided his family would take a holiday in Europe, and they decided on England. Um, so they... Uh, they booked the ship, basically, and they were going on this journey. But uh, right at the last minute, Spafford was delayed because of business. So he sent his family ahead. He sent Anna and the four girls. On November the 22nd in 1873, crossing the Atlantic, their ship was struck by an iron sailing vessel, and 226 people lost their lives, including all four of Spafford's daughters. Only his wife, Anna, survived the tragedy, and upon arriving in England, she sent a telegram with two words on it, saved alone. Spafford then sailed to England, going over the location of his daughter's uh, deaths, where they'd actually drowned. And this is where, where he wrote the famous hymn, and I don't know if you know it, it's very famous with us. It is well with my soul. Just listen to some of the verses he wrote at that time in that location. When peace like a river attendeth my way... When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul.
it is well, it is well with my soul. That is phenomenal, isn't it? Those circumstances of that hymn being written. So how can we know this freedom in our inner beings in spite of being in really difficult circumstances? And the Bible gives us a guide to living out of this soul freedom. In Psalm 1917, the psalmist says, The law of the Lord is perfect. It refreshes my soul. But this seems a bit a connection between following God's rules or principles in Scripture and soul freedom. Unlike the view in our culture that suggests we can get hold of freedom, we have a right to it, we can buy it if we've got enough money, God's way says that we actually need to give up. We need to surrender our independence and follow his ways in order to be fully free. Instead of getting hold of freedom, we need to surrender and become obedient in order to receive God's freedom. And the psalmist writes in Psalm 119, I will obey your law forever and ever. And then the very next verse says this, I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought, I have uh, searched for your precepts or are your ways. I've recently read a book called Ego is the Enemy, and it's not, a Christ, not written by a Christian, but it's one of the best books I've written in, uh, not written, I wish I had, read in the uh, last couple of years. And what this, and I love it when biblical truth is found by somebody who doesn't yet know God. And what this guy did, he looked at people who were really successful in different spheres of life. Free individuals who are free to be themselves, following their destiny, having massive impact on the world. And he looked at individuals in the sphere of education, science, leadership, business, and he sort of distilled down. He found that there were common practices with these people, and he listened to these practices, and I think you might find it resonates with you. So he found the reason that he found these common practices with these people, that they practiced humility, that they sought to be humble, that they practiced self-discipline, that they sought to put others before themselves, that they sought that other people flourish before they flourished, that they sought to be devoted to something that is bigger than themselves. Sounds like God's ways, doesn't it? They found that if you live like this, you are successful and you are free. And it's great that the Bible is confirmed like that. So the Bible says freedom comes through surrender and obedience to God's ways. So what does surrender means letting go and deciding to be obedient to what God, you feel God is saying or God wants in different areas of your life. However, I sometimes think um, we stop there and we just think that surrender is about letting go. So we want to put our relationship right with God and we seek his face. But we stop there when we surrender and we don't seek his hand. We don't seek what he can do for us. We sort of give up and we are obedient. But then we stop and we don't seek the goodness of God. Listen to Psalm 103. Listen to the goodness behind this. Praise the Lord, my soul. Almost in my, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all my sins? Who heals all my diseases? Who redeems my life from the pit and crowns me with love and compassion? Who satisfies my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle's? So I think we need to see surrender as more of an exchange than just letting go. 
And at Easter, I heard a song. I hadn't heard it before. Um, and in that song, the cross was described as the freedom tree. And this phrase, the freedom tree, has been going round in my head really since Easter. And it's probably the basis of the talk that I wanted to do today. And it really describes the exchange that we can experience when we come to the cross. We can know more of the freedom Jesus invites us into when we come to the cross and take hold of or participate in this great exchange. We can know freedom in areas of our lives by letting go of the things that hold us back. Or We can also ask in faith for God to do good things for us. So it's like an exchange. I bring my stuff to God and I ask him for goodness and his peace and his freedom back in my life. So, for example, we can come to the cross. Instead of holding on to our independence, we can let go and ask for him and his lordship and his freedom that comes in areas of our life. Instead of holding on to control, we can trust in him and let go and, let, uh, and see his peace and his goodness unfold in our lives. Instead of being bound up in the prison of hurt and unforgiveness and anger, we can let this go. And we can be free from that bitterness and we can know his comfort. And instead of confusion and doubt, we can let this go and ask to hear God's voice. And his word promises that he is the comforter and he will give us direction for the next step. So we're going to start a time of communion now. And I would invite everyone to actively partake partake in this as the great exchange to receive freedom in areas of your life that you feel that God wants you to know and bring you into in areas of, of your life. So we are going to take communion. We're going to take the juice and the bread as symbols as Jesus' body and his blood shed on the cross. He died so that we would have freedom today and that we would grow in our sense of freedom in our lives with him. So I'm going to invite the servers to come out now, and we're just going to start getting ready for communion, and I'm going to invite the band to come back. They're going to be playing um, just quietly in the background as you guys come down. But as you come to that table of communion, if there is an area of your life where you want more of God's freedom, then... There's going to be a prayer team by the door. These guys are, would love to pray with you. If you feel that there is an issue in your life that you need more help with, please go to these guys first and then come and take hold of the communion. Are we good? Okay, guys, if you want to stand from your seats, just be careful as you come down. Just come prayerfully. Come and take communion. And as you do that, pray and ask the Lord to release areas of freedom in your life.